Hello and welcome to the First Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. We're glad you joined us this week. First Lutheran Church lives by the mission statement, called by the Spirit, we serve Christ, sharing God's love with all. And we are glad to share this good news with you this week. We're able for our gospel acclamation. John, the 14th chapter. As Jesus talks of returning to the Father, he promises to send the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, who will teach Jesus' followers and remind them of all that Jesus taught. Even more, those in whom God makes a home will experience a peace that overcomes fear. Jesus answered Judas, not Iscariot. Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but it is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. This is the Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to be seated, invite the children up for a short message, and if you brought your noisy offering, Did you bring any noisy offering? Okay, then we'll leave the basket up there. Scarlet's coming. Yay. Always so fashionable. I'm glad you're here. You want to sit up here? Okay. Charlie, you want to put your arm around her? Oh, my. Okay. Well, kiddos, I'm sure that Sweet Scarlet may be more interesting than me, but I have a question. Do you all um, know of a a famous sports team? Tell me a famous sports team that you know about. What, Sam? The Chiefs. Okay. So what does a Chiefs fan look like? What What do they look like? How about what they wear? Chiefs shirt, okay. Have you ever seen them with Chiefs hats? No, maybe. Maybe. How about, have you ever seen a car with a bumper sticker that has something about the Chiefs on it? No. Your, your grandmother has one of those. Yes. People like to represent the things that they love. How about, uh, 
How about, we've been to a soccer game before in Kansas City. When you go to a, a game like that, everybody's wearing the, uh, the apparel, the shirts, the hats of the team that they love and support. And then they're probably cheering and screaming, aren't they? It was very loud. And whenever the team does poorly, the fans are sad. And whenever the team does really well, the, te- the, the fans are really happy. Okay, now I have a question. What does a Christian look like? Do we have, well, Charlie, actually, you're, okay, you're wearing a First Lutheran t-shirt, so you're, you're like a fan of, um, but mostly that church has our, our mission statement, yeah. And uh, so Christians, though, look like all different types of people, right? And they don't always necessarily wear shirts that talk about their faith, but more important is what a Christian does. And that helps show us who they are. Not necessarily by their shirts, but what's in their heart. And how they treat other people. And how they treat uh, themselves. It shows us that they love God and their neighbor. So you all, I'm on the bulletin. The back page is totally blank. And I want you all to... Go to, when you go back to the pews, I want you to draw a picture of yourself. I want you to do your best to do all the different things uh, that you can help describe who you are. But I want you all to realize what you're doing is you're drawing a picture of what a Christian looks like. Okay? And then we'll talk more about not just what we look like, but what we do. Okay? So for now, though, let's say a prayer. And for our prayer today, I want us to fold our hands like this, like this. Oh, you're doing so good. And then I want you all to close your eyes and repeat after me. Good morning, God. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Amen. All right, you all can head back to your seats and... I have some crayons for you. Scarlet was the best listener up there. Wow-wee. Were you taking notes, boys? No, you weren't paying attention. (laughs) So uh, when I was in middle school, I went to a summer Bible camp with my Baptist friend, Brittany. She was one of my closest friends, and I was so excited to go to a church camp. And uh, so we went down to John Brown University, and it was a week of song and praise, and it was very different, as you can imagine, from my beloved ELCA Lutheran Church in Springfield. At that summer camp, we sang songs 
The kids raised their hands up in the air, and there was altar calls where kids would come down to the stage and be saved. It was very powerful to me. And I was inspired at that camp. That's not the, the practice that I understood that salvation was, but it was very important to those other kids. And I learned a lot. But one of the most impactful parts of that summer camp was the preacher. And I've told this to some of you, but at this uh, summer camp, the preacher would come up to the stage and he would make a show of taking his shoes and socks off. It was a theatrical uh, experience to observe there, but it was meant to mimic the story of Moses and the burning bush. When Moses comes across this bush and the voice from the bush says, remove your sandals for where you are standing is holy ground. Let's remember the story of Moses. Uh, thousands of years ago, Pharaoh had enslaved the Jewish people, the Israelites, in Egypt and tortured them in many ways. It was brutal for the people living in that place. He threw babies in the river. He, he abused them. And uh, at one point, a young mother, desperate to save her child, made a basket of reeds and placed her baby into the basket and into the river to save her son through the, through the waters. And that baby was rescued by the Pharaoh's daughter and raised in the palace. And that man, Moses, grew up to be a trusted person by the Pharaoh. Well, Moses was out in the hills one day and comes across a bush that was on fire but not burned. And that bush called out to Moses and said, remove your sandals for the ground you are walking on is holy. Now the ground that he was walking on was dusty orange dirt there in the Egyptian landscape. And that ground, the voice of God said, was holy. So the voice of God called uh, to Moses from the bush that Moses should go to Pharaoh and say that he should let God's people go. And Moses was doubtful of his ability to serve. He said to God, he said, O oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And God continues to convince and to call Moses. And then Moses finally asks, okay, who should I say has sent me? What is your name? And the voice from the bush says, I am who I am. This is a hard word or name to translate. And scholars and scribes for thousands of years have done their best to preserve the holiness of that name. But in its most basic form, that name of God translates, I am being. I am being with you. Now the gospel according to John, which I read from today, uh, includes 
seven familiar I am statements. Uh, And here they are. These are statements and promises that Christ told to the people. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. These familiar statements of Christ are stitched on pillows and printed on artwork, engraved on jewelry, carved into altars. In fact, a few years ago, our midweek Lenten services were centered around these sayings of Christ. We take comfort in these poetic promises. But the hearers at the time of Jesus, the leaders, would have been furious at Jesus daring to say, I am. Consider the very first of these sayings that we read in John 6. I am the bread of life. Now this statement and promise comes after the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000 families on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. It's important to note, though this miracle is often referred to as the feeding of the 5,000, it's assumed that that's all there is, but at the time they only counted the men. So we can assume those men were likely married and had children. So there were thousands and thousands, more than 10,000 people, gathered on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, and they were hungry and searching and curious and outraged. And Jesus speaks to this crowd of Jews, blesses them, and feeds them. I did some uh, looking up for the largest venue in Topeka, the Stormont Vale Convention Center, Kansas Expo Center, and that place holds 10,000 people. So imagine that expo center filled up every seat, even the floor filled with people, and the people in that space are stirred up. They'd been hanging around for hours and were hungry, and in walks Jesus, and he's able to feed every person in that space. And not only feeds them, but they leave filled, fully nourished. Well, the next day, in the scripture, the people that were still there at the Sea of Galilee kept pressing Jesus for more, more of something. And Jesus speaks about a bread from heaven, one that will never leave you hungry. And they say to Jesus, sir, give us this bread always. And it is then that Jesus tells those Jews, I am the bread of life. And this crowd of Jews, who would know the Torah, or at least those primary stories, would immediately think back to the burning bush, to that holy ground, to the voice of God promising to bless, guide, and to be with the people of Israel. And they would hear that voice of God again say to them through Christ, I am with you and will satisfy your hungry hearts. Seven times. Do we read about Jesus saying this scandalous phrase, making this earth-shattering proclamation, I am? 
Today for the hymn of the day, we will sing the song, I Am the Bread of Life. It's a song written from the perspective of Christ, so that as we sing it, it is as if Christ is speaking through each of us to our neighbor. And we hear in that hymn the incredible promise that for all who believe, who come to God, they shall never hunger or thirst. And that if we believe, even though we die, we shall live forever with God in heaven, that we will be raised up. This is a song of Easter, a song of new life, of eternal life. The words sung in that song, the words spoken on the seashore, the words spoken from the burning bush, words spoken from the Creator, who is at the very beginning, and will be forevermore, are words spoken to each and every one of us. These words help us to understand who Christ is, not just a man, but God's very self come down, not only in a burning bush, but in life-giving bread, and the gift and promise that God will sustain us. So think back to Moses. As he led the people from Egypt, God meets them in the wilderness as they wander. God appears to them, those who had been in bondage but were now free. God appears to them and invites them to become part of the kingdom of priests. And of course, they said, yes, sure, I will follow. No, the people were afraid of God and they didn't want to come close to God's presence. So Moses alone goes to the Mount Sinai. It is far too easy to turn away or to say no, to turn away from the opportunities God places in our lives to serve God and others. Like the Israelites, we are familiar with the fear of the unknown or the concern that we are not enough. Or like Moses, we share a fear of not knowing the right words or not being able to let go of the control or safety net we've constructed for ourselves and instead let God. And God says to us, I am who I am. I am being with you. I will be with you in the wilderness and will lead you. You just need to believe and follow. Today at the end of worship, like I said, we will give thanks to God for Pastor Bob Dealey, a good and faithful servant. 45 years ago, on May 21st, he was ordained in the church. A stole was placed on his shoulders, hands were placed on his head and shoulders, promises were made, Blessings were spoken, and Pastor Bob's life was changed. I'm certain he had already been doing ministry, serving God like each of us are called to do. But that day, the church gave a share of trust to Pastor Bob. And for 45 years, he has honored that trust. And God has done marvelous things through him. Pastor Bob has served uh, God in churches throughout the Midwest. He served on synod staff, and though retired from active ministry, continues to serve this church to serve God in so many more ways.
because that's just who he is. God shows us who God is in the creation of the cosmos, in the burning bush, in the manger, on the shores of Galilee, on the cross. God shows us who God is in the waters of baptism or saying to us from the table, I am the bread of life. God says and shows us who God is, saying to us, I am being with you. So, who are you then? We are, all of us, disciples. Each of us, pastors, plumbers, students, grandkids, photographers, each of us, disciples with flaws and failures and fears, but also people surrounded by God's presence, empowered and only able to do what we do because of what God has done. We don't need to take our sandals off to see the holy ground where God is calling us out from, because if so, we'd be walking around barefoot the rest of our lives. So today we give thanks for the gift of ministry, for Pastor Bob's faithfulness, but even more so for what God makes possible, the way and truth and life that God guides all of us through to do the work, to forgive the sin, to welcome the stranger, to love the neighbor, to serve out our calling as baptized, beloved, and blessed people of God. So let us pray with humble and thankful hearts. Gracious and loving God, you call out to each of us. You show us who you are in bread and water, and you teach us who we are in our acts of service. Bless us all in the ministry you have called us to. May we be inspired by those around us and humbled by your goodness. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We pray that these words and message inspired you in your faith journey as you grow with God. We would love to see you at worship, either online via Facebook Live or in person at 1234 Southwest Fairlawn Road at 5 p.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sundays. God loves you, and so do we.